And the title of my message is The Greatest Mystery. And we're going to go to Colossians. We're going to spend a lot of time in Colossians this morning. So if you have your Bibles, will you turn with me to Colossians chapter 1? And I'm going to read 26 and 27. And um, I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation um, for 26 and 27. And it says, There has been given a divine mystery, a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations. But now it's being revealed, unfolded and manifested for every holy believer to experience. Living within you is Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people and God wants everybody to know. My prayer as I teach this morning that you'll receive a supernatural revelation that transforms your life. Because there is a mystery that confounds the world, and the mystery is that Christ is in us. And he is our hope of glory. And when we understand this revelation, it really changes everything in our life. Um, I want to give a little more context to this um, mystery. So I want to go back to Colossians 1, but I'm going to start with chap- uh, verse 15, because I want to talk about who God is. We know, we know who God is. But I want to remind you of the anointed one, the Lord Jesus Christ that lives within you. And so in, uh, starting in verse 15, Colossians 1, it says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. You know, a lot of people believe, um, you know, religion is like Jesus is the nice one and God is angry. But everything that Christ was on earth represents his father. He, is the, he was the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, verse, verse 16, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. The things, um, he made the things we can see and the things we cannot see. And then it goes, Paul says, such as, okay, the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. You know that 90% of what God made is in the unseen realm. It's hard for us to grasp. We so live on this earth, but there's so much more in the unseen realm. Just like Christ in us is in the unseen realm, but it is more powerful than the flesh you see. He existed before anything. He holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is the body. He is the beginning, supreme over who all who will rise from the dead. He is first in everything, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything on heaven and earth. This by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you and me, 
who were once far away from God. We were his enemies. We were separated by your evil thoughts and actions. And listen, we were born into this. We were born into sin, separated from God. But he reconciled us in all of creation that gave us peace with the Father and him. So it says this, verse 21, this includes you who were once far away from God, his enemy, separated by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, say as a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy, you are holy, you are holy, and you are blameless. As you stand before him without a single fault. That is the good news we have because of what Jesus has done. Now, verse 23, it says, But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. You know, we receive salvation, receive the good news, and we believe it. And Jesus has saved me of all my sins, and I'm a new creation. But somehow in our journey, that religion creeps back into in, and it's like, well, you're not good enough. Well, you got to do this. Well, you have to keep trying. Well, you'll get there. And that religion puts in us that we're not completely holy. We're not completely blameless, but we'll get there. And it's something we have to obtain, something we have to keep going for. And it's called religion. And it comes directly against the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so Paul says, you must continue to believe the truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance that you received when you heard the good news. That means that it can get away from us. It means we can lose the truth. The good news is preached all over the world. And I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. And I'm glad when I suffer for you in my body, Paul went through a lot of persecution to teach the good news. The religious people hated him, and they were trying to stop the good news from being preached. God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming the entire message to you. And you and I now have that responsibility in giving the good news that Jesus Christ paid for everything and we are holy and righteous because of the blood of Jesus. And this message was kept a secret. This message has been a mystery, the greatest mystery for centuries and generations past. But now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for us to the Gentiles. And this is the secret. This is the mystery. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing in the glory. So we will tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that God has given us. We want to present them to God perfect in their relationship. How are we perfect in our relationship with God? Trusting that he made us righteous. That keeps our relationship perfect with God when it's fully on faith in what Jesus did and not on works. This makes us perfect with him, trusting on the blood of Jesus. This is why, Paul goes, this is why I struggle so hard depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. Paul's saying, this is how I accomplish so much in the kingdom. You know, we read about Paul in the Bible, these signs, wonders, and miracles, horrific persecution, but yet he keeps joy. How? 
He says, because I solely rely on Christ in me, the resurrection power in me, I can accomplish so much for the kingdom. We want to accomplish so much for the Lord, and it's simply just trusting Christ in us. If you remember, before Paul had an encounter with God, he relied on himself and religion to make himself holy, right? And religion's interesting because um, it really makes us judge of what's good and evil and right and wrong, right? Like we so know we're right. And we become judge of ourselves and judge of others, right? Because we're judging right and wrong. And Paul was so sure he was right, yet he was so wrong by killing Christians of the, the way, you know, the gospel. But he felt so right. And that's what religion does. It makes us judge. And when we feel right and wrong, we judge ourselves of right and wrong and we judge others, And it becomes really messy because only the Lord Jesus is judge and he is just and he is good because he knows the motives of our heart. You know, we judge on the outward. We think we know who is right and who is holy and we have no idea. We have no idea. We don't even know what's in our heart. That's why we can't judge ourselves. You know, like, oh, I'm good today. I did this and this and this. And it's like, it could be the furthest thing from the truth. But when we know that Christ is in us and he is judge and he is judged just rightly, then I just have faith in that and that the Holy Spirit will show me anything that I need to change. But I can trust in his righteousness in me, his holiness in me, and that actually produces a childlike faith because it's solely on Christ in me. So this revelation of Christ in us was actually crazy talk back then. You know, the thought that Jesus, the Lord of all of creation, you just heard what I said about Jesus, right? Everything came from him. Everything started from him, lives in us. This was heresy back then. They were trying to kill Paul because you can't tell them that the Lord, God of the universe can live in somebody That cannot happen. You know, we're weak. We're these human beings. He would not live in us. And it's this mystery, this secret that God has been holding out till Jesus came on earth and said, now my kingdom, I'm not going to build a big kingdom on earth. My big kingdom is in you on this earth. And the religious people couldn't get past it. They couldn't get past it. Uh, King James says, the mystery of Christ is in me, the hope of glory. So now we're no longer judge of ourselves or judge of others. It's not our job. And the fear of punishment is taken away. And the fear of failure is taken away. You know, religion is always like, oh, is this right? Is this right? Is it okay? Is it okay? Right? Or fear of punishment. And that's taken away and it opens our heart for so much freedom that we can truly live for the Lord. And it's such a great place to be and there's peace because even in our mistakes, God redeems it to be a part of his will because that's how much he loves us. And we just live in this freedom of trusting the Holy Spirit and not relying on us. Ephesians 5 also talks about this mystery. The mysteries um, 
talked about four times in the Bible, twice in Romans, one in um, Colossians, which I just read, and in Ephesians. In Ephesians 5, it talks about husband and wife, right, and how they become one, which is still a mystery to me, right? You become one, but we're two different people. I mean, that's a whole nother teaching. I don't know, maybe Russell, you have a revelation on that. But then it, it says, um, it says, but then actually the greatest mystery, Romans says this, Ephesians 5 says this, the greatest mystery is not a husband and wife becoming one, but actually the Lord Jesus Christ in us and becoming one with us is the greatest mystery that the unseen realm, the unseen world cannot understand. Cannot understand. The enemy hates that Jesus lives in you. So he will do whatever he can to disqualify you, to get you to not believe it, to get you to walk in the flesh because the supernatural will flow out of you and he doesn't want that. This mystery of hope for the entire world lies in you and I. You guys, that's amazing news. And we don't have to do anything to earn it. Actually, when we try to earn it, we mess it up. It's simply believing the blood of Jesus is more than enough, has made us righteous and holy, and he trusts you and I. I don't know why. I mean, there's some days I'm like, whew, God, you're more trusting than me. I have hard days and the flesh wants to come up, but I remind myself that Christ is in me, the hope of glory for the entire world and for myself. We were created for glory. Jesus shares his glory from us. We do go from glory to glory. It's his will for us. And this hope of glory is that the whole world will be reconciled to him. This earth is aching for hope. And the hope is in you and I. It's not something far off when the Lord comes back, and he is. He's going to reconcile the whole earth. But it's here and now in you and I. Christ lives in you. And each one of us is just as powerful. We just don't all believe it. <laughs> each one of us is given the same Holy Spirit. We have the same potential of transforming the world. It's all about surrendering to who he is and letting go of ourselves. And when I say letting go of ourselves, I don't mean our personality. He uses our personality and who we are. I mean letting go of the flesh, letting go of the past, letting go of shame, letting go of punishment, letting go of religion, and walking in truth. So this mystery is not just knowledge of God, which we want knowledge of God, and that's in the Bible. But it's acknowledging that God is with us. And it's different. It's different. Knowledge is here, and that's good. It renews our mind. We know who he is. But acknowledging God is here. It's taking a moment, even in, in first thing in the morning or throughout the day, Lord, you're, you're with me. You're here. I acknowledge your presence. And you feel them. That's different. And knowledge of God without acknowledgement of him in us is dead works in religion. That's the difference. 
acknowledging that he's right here, no enemy. You're not going to lie to me that God is far away. You're not going to lie to me that I'm a disappointment to him. He's here. He's with me. He's one with me. He trusts me. It's his decision, not mine. It was his decision before the foundation of the world. This was the mystery that was kept for generations to generations. You know, the people in, in the um, Old Testament and New Testament, they're waiting for the Savior, right? Waiting for the Savior to come set up his kingdom and wipe out the Romans in Matthew, right? We're waiting, we're waiting. But the mystery was so much greater. I'm not going to come and just come be flesh. I'm going to be flesh and die. And then I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit. And kingdom is in all of us. And it's eternal. So I've been really meditating on this in 2023. Meditating, Christ, Christ, you're in me. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Jesus, you're in me. I'm just meditating, meditating. And the thing is, what you meditate, what you focus on, you get more of. Have you noticed that? It's a principle you can't get away from. You could know a lot here, but it's here what you're really telling yourself. And I've been instructing my heart and telling myself that Christ is in me. And what happens is that becomes bigger in my life and the things of the flesh become smaller. And it's been really powerful. Um, I've noticed this year that um, I'm attracting more people who do not know the Lord by this simple meditation. I visualize, I've been visualizing Jesus radiating from me. I haven't been working on being a better person. It's exhausting and it's behavior modification. I mean, I want to, I'm not saying I don't want to. Maybe I said that wrong. <laughs> but I, I've not been focusing on me, but him in me. And, and just radiating from me. Like, I know when I'm going to go see somebody or I just see Jesus spilling over on people. It, it's powerful. And guess what? It's happening. Faith works. <laughs> and I've just seen that people who don't know the Lord, they like to linger around us. They have a lot of questions. Um, they, they don't understand me. There's something they can't quite, you're so happy, you're so joyful. You know, we've had people work on our house and do things, and this young kid had to come and do stuff at our house, and he hasn't been in church, and he asked what we did, and I told him, and the girls and I noticed he didn't want to leave. <laughs> and that's not because of the Diaz. <laughs> There was something he tasted and could see on my life. It's in the unseen realm. He couldn't put his finger on it, but it was something. And this is simply because Christ is in me. Christ, God of the universe, lives in us. And I know we know it here. But I'm telling you, I, I'm asking you, to walk in that here in 2024. Um, 
Once we get a revelation of this, it changes everything. There's a supernatural confidence to share the gospel. <laughs> you can't help but share the good news. Um, how this all came up, like, okay, I grew up in church. I know Christ in me, hope of glory. I've heard that over and over. But you know when Holy Spirit highlights this scripture because he wants to take you to a deeper level? Okay, that happened, but it wasn't pretty how it happened. So let me tell you that story. I had a couple situations this year um, where people who I deeply, deeply, deeply love came hard against me. Um, and I think that is, like, that rejection is maybe the most painful thing. One of them, rejection, because we were created for love. So rejection just gets us right to our identity. And um, when this happened, um, I didn't respond the way I wanted to. <laughs> I was a little surprised how I responded. And I responded with a bit of pride, self-justification, and a whole lot of insecurity. You know, it's interesting, you don't quite know what's in your heart <laughs> until these situations. And after the pain, I, I really thanked the Lord because these situations allow us to know what's in our heart. You know, I know God didn't cause that to happen, but God works out everything for our good, right? And it was time to upgrade me in this area. And I believe, I'm just going to say this prophetically, deep is calling to deep in 2024. And it is time to get rid of childish things. And God is maturing his bride for the deeper things. And childish things are shame, your past, insecurities, pride, offenses, Unforgiveness, these are childish things. And he's moving us to the deeper things, which is love, the good news, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so uh, my initial response wasn't great, but God is gracious. And one of the biggest things God had me do was focus on Christ in me, the hope of glory. And another one that I would um, say a lot to myself was, um, no longer I who live, this is Galatians 2.20, no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And I would say that over and over. And when the flesh rose up, when the pride, when the self-justification, you know, we want to justify ourselves. It felt so unjust. And if I could just say you know, I, I felt so judged, and they didn't know my heart. And you want to explain yourself, and you want to justify, and you know what, that's all pride. And it's childish things. And the Lord says, no longer you who live, but me in you. I'm like, ah, yes, 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 yes. I have been crucified with Christ. You know, we want the resurrection power, but we don't want the crucifixion. And the crucifixion is my flesh is dead. And if my flesh is dead, how can anybody hurt me? And I'm not there yet. 
But Jesus was. He did not care what people thought about him. He fully understood, but I, that is my goal, that my flesh is so crucified, right? And again, I'm not saying Kara and who I am. I mean pride, insecurity, easily offended, all of that stuff, that my initial response to pain overflows with Jesus Christ is supernatural. We can't do that. It is so normal in our flesh to protect ourselves, to justify ourselves. But when we know that I have been crucified with Christ, no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, we start seeing the supernatural in our life. In church, this is where God is taking us. Deep calls unto deep 2024. Has anybody else had to go deep with the Lord this year? Is it just me? Where he, like the things where you're like, eh, is it that big of a deal? It's a big deal. Because upgrade, it's those small things. Crucifying the flesh is an automatic fruit when our belief of Christ lives in us. Did you know that? The crucifixion of the flesh is an automatic fruit when we understand the reality of Jesus in us and who we are that we're holy and blameless. That's powerful because I'm just focusing on him and not me. It's like the Lord took me on this journey. He's like, okay, don't focus on your insecurities. Okay, what am I insecure about? Okay, where did this start? And that, I'm not saying that's not powerful. But he said, your focus is me and you. No longer you who live, but me and you. And I would just focus on that and focus on that. And the fruit was pride went away. I mean, in that area, we all have pride, but you know what I mean. The fruit was somebody would say something and I didn't have to justify myself because there was this confidence you know what, God, they can think that. And if you want them to think something different, you can tell them, right? Is he not able, he created heaven and earth. Can he not tell them the truth, right? So it's this automatic fruit that comes up. Our brain believes our heart. Our brain believes our heart. And our brain is powerful. Because what our brain says to do, our actions will follow. So it believes our heart more than what we say, right? Our belief system. I want to tell you something, and I hope this doesn't offend anybody, but it, I hope it doesn't because it's the scripture. <laughs> it offends the enemy. You know, sin is very easy to overcome when we believe we've been crucified with Christ and that Christ lives in us the hope of glory. It does. Because we've been set free from the law of sin and death, and that's truth. We only empower sin in our lives by belief, by believing you'll never overcome. It's who you are. You're so unworthy. And faith is powerful, even faith in the wrong thing. But when I truly believe, when you truly believe, I've been crucified with Christ, no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. 
Sin has no place. It disempowers sin and the voice of sin in my life. The thing is that religion makes it so complicated. Addiction and sin, so complicated. It so entangles sin within our identity, but it's not true. We begin given a new identity. We are a new person in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away and all things become new, but it only happens by belief. By belief, and we keep trying and trying and trying, and we're exhausting ourselves. And the thing is, what we focus on, we get more of, right? So there's more sin and more sin, and why am I struggling so much? And this is hypocrisy inside of us, like I love God so much, but why do I struggle? Because you don't truly believe that Christ lives in you, and that his blood is not enough. And he's still holding something against you, and it's a lie. Okay, Romans 8. I love this. And I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation. And I'm going to read a lot of scripture. Unapologetically. So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus Christ, the anointed one. Wow. Wow. The law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish because the law was limited by weakness of human nature. Yet God sent his son in human form to identify with human weakness. Clothed with humanity, God's son gave his body to be a sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn the guilt and sin and power of sin. Guilt and power of sin. So now every righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled through the anointed one living his life in us. Wow. Every requirement of the law is fulfilled in Jesus Christ in you. That's good news. And we are free to live. Not according to the flesh, because you know why? According to the flesh brings shame and condemnation. But we have freedom in the Holy Spirit and the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. And those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. But those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. For the sense and reason of the flesh is death. But the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. And the fact that the mindset focused on the flesh fights against God's plan. You know what God's plan is? You are righteous, you are holy. And the flesh fights against that, trying to convince you you're not worthy, trying to bring up the past. But the Spirit, there's life and peace. It refuses to submit to his direction. I'm in verse seven, because it cannot. For no matter how hard they try, God finds no pleasure with those who are controlled by the flesh. But when the spirit of Christ empowers your life, you are not dominated by the flesh, but by the spirit. And if you're not joined to the spirit of the anointed one, you're not of him. Now, that is not us. Because in verse 10, it says, now Christ lives his life in you. And even though your body may be dead, which means our bodies are decaying in this world, 
because of the effects of sin, his life-giving spirit imparts life to you because you are fully accepted by the Lord. You are fully accepted by the Lord. You, you, you are fully accepted by the Lord. Yes, God raised Jesus to life. And since God's spirit of resurrection power lives in you, he will also raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes in you. And that's in the second coming of the Lord, the rapture. So then, beloved ones, the flesh has no claim on us at all. We have no further obligation to obey the flesh. Because we have something bigger, and it's Christ in us that rules. For when you are controlled by the flesh, you are about to die. But the life of the Spirit put to death the corrupt ways of the flesh, and we taste his abundant life. The mature, mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. This is what I'm talking about. When we know Christ lives in us, when we focus on that, we feel the impulses of the Holy Spirit and we're moved by that. That means somebody says something hateful or hurtful or rude and the overflow is love, grace, forgiveness. It's supernatural. Our mind can't understand it. We don't have to protect ourselves. We don't have to justify ourselves. I don't owe the enemy anything. I don't have to justify myself to the enemy. I am redeemed. You are redeemed. You're the righteousness of God. You're the holiness of God. You can't explain it. It's totally reliant on God and Jesus, what he did at the cross. And it's so freeing. And it says, um, and as you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back to fear of never being good enough, has anybody been there? Oh, I lived under that for years. It's exhausting. But you receive the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God, that you will never be orphaned. For he raised us up within our spirit, the Holy Spirit joining in him, saying the words of tender affection, beloved Father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being. You are God's beloved child. I'm just going to stop right there and I want to tell you something. I believe when we pray in the Holy Spirit, it is so powerful because it's constantly telling us we're God's beloved child. We don't even know what we're saying. It's so bizarre, right, to our mind. But praying in the Holy Spirit, your heavenly tongue is constantly telling you who you are, what you can do, what God thinks about you, and it gets into your inner man. You're, God loves you so much. You're his most beloved child. And it's just reinstating that into our spirit being. And since we are his true children, we qualify. Say, I am qualified to share in all of his treasures. For indeed, we are the heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. I mean, that just seems ridiculous, right? All that he is, I inherit. All that Jesus is, I inherit. How can that even be possible? Because the blood is so powerful and all that he has. 
And our daddy has a lot of stuff. <laughs> I'm telling you, this revelation will cause you to walk in a greater authority on earth. Because when we're looking at ourselves, we're not that powerful. <laughs> but when we're focusing on Christ in us, Wow, it's like we don't even have to do anything, right? The apostles, the shadow was healing people. It's not because they were great. It's because they believed this. They were, they were kind of knuckleheads as you, if you read about them, right? Like us, like they asked funny questions. They were so human. But they were used for signs, wonders, and miracles, raising the dead because they just simply believed Christ lived in them. Paul's like, this is how I accomplished so much. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. But it's true. Christ lives in me. You're so qualified. He has such a plan for you and he lives in you and he trusts you. My old identity has been co-crucified with Christ and no longer lives. And I now, the essence of this new life, is that the essence of this new life, the anointed one lives his life through me and I live in union as one with him. And my new life is empowered by faith, is empowered how? Just by faith of the son of God who loved me so much that he gave himself for me. That's, that's the empowerment. God loves me. God loves me. I don't have to explain it. You don't have to explain it. God loves us and that empowers us. He loves us so much. He gave himself for me, dispensing his life into mine. New Living Translation said, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body, trusting the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You meditate on that this year. You are, you're gonna see your life transformed, transformed. It gets rid of religion. It gets rid of sin. It gets rid of the flesh. I'm telling you, it crucifies the flesh just by simply believing and repeating these scriptures over and over. We have to stop disqualifying ourselves and allowing others to disqualify us. Daily meditation on Christ in me and that he has an overwhelming hope of glory for your future and for others. He has an overwhelming hope and glory for your future. It's true. And if you don't feel hopeful about your future, then you're forgetting who's in you. And your focus has been on everything else but him. Great things are coming. Thank you, Lord. Okay, I'm going to close with this. Oh, there's so many more scriptures I want to read. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give one more scripture. And then I'm going to say this. Colossians 2, because it's so good. 14. He has canceled out every legal violation we had on our record. <laughs> and the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us. He erased all our sins, our stained soul. He deleted it all. And they cannot be retrieved. You deal with shame. I just want you to meditate on Colossians 2. Meditate, meditate, meditate. 
Everything we once were in Adam has been placed on the cross and nailed permanently as a public display of cancellation. What does this mean? This is in the unseen realm. You know, I was talking about the unseen realm. There's a physical um, display of everything that Jesus took for the enemy to see. And Jesus made a public, public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. The enemy is the accuser of the, the brethren, but he has no right. And the only person that's going to stop him is you. That is a lie. I know what my Jesus has done. And we have to get loud with the enemy because we start believing him. And then we start walking in that. And it says, and by the power of the cross, Jesus led them as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. It looked like Jesus was their prisoner going to the cross. But they were his. He made a public spectacle of the principalities and demonic powers and the enemy that comes against his children. There's no accusing voice over our life except for ours. On your worst day, you are the greatest weapon for our God. On your worst day, Christ in you, hope of glory. And that means greater things are coming. Greater things are coming. Greater things are coming.